With spring practice officially on the horizon, who better to join me today than our boy Max from the Seminole Executive Brief, but also, more importantly, the Battle's End. All that and more on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Max, let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and as I just said, today I got my best friend, we got the best girl dead that I know, El Gringo Bandito, and of the Bowels End, Mr. Maximus Mudicus himself. Max, what's going on, my guy? Muchas gracias, senor. I am uh, I'm hanging out, man. I'm enjoying it here at the uh, here in the home office, the studio, if you will. Um, I feel a bit like Ricky Bobby because, as I'm sure we're going to get into, you know, I was doing the Seminole Executive Brief. Love the support on that. That uh, we converted that to the Battles in Channel, so uh, I'm not doing that as regularly anymore. And I just bought a new microphone, so I feel like the, uh, you know, when Ricky Bobby buys that hundred thousand dollar handicap accessible van and five minutes later figures out he's not paralyzed. But other than that, um, feeling good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm kind of glad you said you feel like Ricky Bobby because your Spanish is vastly, vastly improving. So, you know, you didn't say the Ron Burgundy type of thing. It's like, you know, back to I don't speak Spanish. Drake, I don't speak Spanish. So I'm actually proud of you for that because it is getting better and better each and every day. Maybe you can keep up with Charlotte because I know for a fact she speaks better Spanish than probably most people that I know, including my own family. But, folks, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On channel. Make every moment matter more. Uh, make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on as slash locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n today to get started but max we're not here to talk about spanish well, we're quick, not here to be quick, bilingual oh, 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 oh. questiones that'd be plural see if if you make every moment more would you say that each moment just means more SEC 2026 folks book it right <laughs> now, but we are talking about spring practice here. Max, we talked about it a little bit before segment. And since you're kind of the guest of the show, but you were always Noel's Lamas at heart, how do you want to go about this first? Well, first I do want to plug. I, I know we'll have El Jefe de la Jefes here next week, Ingram Smith, but uh, I, I do want to plug the battle's end. Uh, we'll be launching our public platform, as Ingram talked about on 247 next week. Uh, I'm not going to get too into my involvement with it because uh, I'm not that important. This is about uh, the kids and, more importantly, about Florida State football and, and other sports You know, achieving what we know they can achieve. But, folks, if you – know what the battles in has been doing if you support the message if you support the uh the climb so you'll uh want to check that out next week for the launch of our website and our our public facing arm so real excited for that man yeah man so so other than that i i really want to talk about spring practice because you know i think that's that's what i'm most excited for look we we all know miami has decided that recruiting is a sport right in and of itself it doesn't look the miami game only matters for, for like five minutes right the result happens and then they're on to talking about recruiting. Okay, great. How's that coaching turnover going for you down there? In fact, I wonder does 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 Mario get a maybe a chain for that? You know, maybe a, maybe a chain for all the turnover. I don't know what it would look like. I don't know what you call it, but maybe there's there's something they can workshop. Um, 
they gave him, you know, gave him one of those like small little jerseys that say like you know number one in recruiting. Yo, dude, how do you give an offensive lineman, a former offensive lineman, at that a baby jersey? But I'm not gonna get too deep. Into that. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, I, but it's all about the football, right? And I think it's an exciting time when spring football starts because we know that, um, like when uh, uh, Pac, I don't know how to say his name, when the groundhog sees his shadow, and you know that winter's coming to an end. That that means that the off season is kind of on a hiatus for a bit, right? We get what, five, six weeks of spring practice. It'll go from March 6th to April 15th when we play the spring game. We get to go to Tallahassee. We get to experience all that all that camaraderie. And, um, yeah, so so it's like, hey, we have actual football on the horizon. Let's let's talk about it. You know, enough looking back. Let's, let's look forward. And, and, Drake, what I'm most excited for about this spring practice is a kid by the name of Tate Rodemaker, and here's why. We all know that our defense needs to take a big jump, right, which means they're going to have to practice against the best, right? So every time – you know, an offense messes up, the defense doesn't have to fully properly defend that play to be successful. So there is a bit of a relationship, a linear relationship that your defense can really only improve at the pace of your offense. I'm sure there's a bit of variance, but not a ton. So you got Tate Rodemaker going into his, what, fourth year at Florida State? Third, fourth year at Florida State. Because the, yeah, yeah. His fourth year at Florida State, he's been in the same system now with coach Mike Norvell, he knows this playbook backwards and forwards, which means if he's working against your number one defense as your backup quarterback, right? They are immediately going to get to start working against the full playbook. And that's how you pick up on day one where you left off on day, you know, the last day of bowl game practices. You have that continuity at the guy who will be mostly working against your number one defense. You also have kids like Hakeem Williams coming in, right? You have a pretty deep receiver room with guys like Ja'Kai Douglas in there that can really test this defense and force them to improve on almost every single rep when you have your one number one defense against your number two offense versus having to wait until you get the real scrimmages of the ones versus the ones. And finally, the third guy I'm just the most pumped about is, is Pat Sertain Sr. I mean, look, you got a guy who has put his own son in the league and now the Pro Bowl, right? You've got a guy who's won two state championships at the high school level and a guy who is coached at the pro level. Oh, and by the way, he was in a bunch of, what, nine Pro Bowl appearances himself? So, like, this guy's done it all over the place as a coach, as a player, as a father, at all three levels. And, man, you got a guy like that coaching what I think we all felt was your position that left the most to maybe be desired of you know, the athletes you had relative to on the field performance and the talent level for that room is just so, so high. Right. The results that you're getting on the field actually should be a lot more closer to that than what we've seen over the past few seasons. Exactly. So now you bring him in to coach them up and man, I, I don't know how you could not be fired up for this spring practice and to see what this team does. So, um, and, and look, it's a level of continuity we haven't had in years. I mean, last year it was first time we kind of knew Jordan was going to be the starter. I won't call him out, but Drake, you remember that there were some there were some Tate Rodemaker truthers. There were some Tate truthers. Uh, some AJ Duffy truthers out there. Um, not you. No, they, but they were out there, right? And, and now it's like, dude, you almost know right now who's going to start at every position. And they can just focus on getting better and improving and coalescing as a team. And, dude, that's – man, I'm excited about this. I really no, am. I, I completely agree. And I like touching Tate Rodemaker with that. Because, one, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I've said nauseam not only to you on the show when you're back on here, but also text messages where I didn't have the biggest, I guess, faith, faith or belief actually in Jordan. And he proved me wrong. And I've been saying that I've been on an apology tour. Like, man, Jordan, I'm sorry. I know you're watching this right now, but you basically you, you showed me up. And then with Tate, 
I think with Tate, I'm super excited that you mentioned his name primarily because that was a he was such a huge unknown because of what we saw in limited play, right? Mm-hmm. We saw Jacksonville State game, State game, his first attempt, and then his second game t- attempt against Jacksonville State, like briefly, and then you kind of see the first half of Louisville, but then something happened in that game where the only way I can kind of describe it is basically if you're playing a sport for the first time, like me, for example, for baseball. I can never explain to my dad, like, hey, I'm afraid of the ball. And he's like, just catch it. If you see it once, you catch it once, you actually know how to do that. So me, playing first base for the first time, caught the ball. I'm like, oh, so actually if I attack the ball, it's not going to hit me. I'm actually not going to be afraid of that. I can control that. Same thing with Tate. If you saw Tate actually get comfortable, throw that one, I think, dime past Johnny Wilson. And then after that, kind of saw him just, like, hit dime after dime after dime, lead the team to victory against a team that, quite frankly, Louisville – was a, was a tough middle-of-the-road kind of challenge. And also you see them for this year is dark horse for the conference to be in the title, in the title game. With Tate, you saw him grow. And that's something that I'm actually very excited to see for this season, basically see him, see him backing up Jordan. And then also for 2024, where he, is all, and by all indications, will be the starter for the next year. And I, I'm actually super excited for that. Yeah, no, no, I'm pumped. And, and, you know, that's in no way to take – I mean, y'all know I'm the biggest Jordan Travis fan out there. I mean, I was – I'm 30 year old man. I got to meet him for the first time last week. I felt like a, felt like a 10 year old, you know, had to, you know, I was like, man, it's so cool, you know? Um, but you, you know, seriously, you got to talk, talk to Devin about, uh, that, uh, Little League World Series appearance though. Cause I'm pretty sure his team, his team beat my team's butt to actually beat both Florida. So. That's funny, man. Um, but yeah, so, but I, I mean, I think Jordan Travis is set to take another big step. You know, people, people look at the step he took last year and, and I know there's a lot of questions of, Oh, well, can he do that again? It's, and for me, I, I don't expect Jordan to go like his peak performance to be as much better in 2023 compared to 2022 as his peak performance was in 2022 relative to 21. I do expect his floor performance and therefore his average performance to take a sizable jump because we did see with Jordan last year that he had this like Heisman Trophy winning ability and he never played poorly. But we saw that, you know, there was variance in the levels he played, right? He had amazing games. He had games that, you know, weren't so amazing. And that's normal. Yeah. But I think that gap, right, is going to close substantially this year because of the spring practices and the offseason workouts where he knows he's the starter, the continuity with Mike Norvell, Alex Atkins in his second year as offensive coordinator, his second year with Tony Tokars, who, by the way, if you don't know, Tony Tokars held a record at his college for rushing touchdowns and rushing yards by a QB. So now Jordan's being coached by a running quarterback. And I think Tokars was like number three all time in passing yards who also knew how to throw the ball, right? So you get another year of all that. And and I expect Jordan's, again, his average and his floor to jump substantially, even if maybe his peaks aren't that much higher, because frankly, like his peaks last year were so damn good. I don't know how his peaks could get much better. You know say, what I mean? I would say they can't get much. I think it's more like I think the I think you're right. The gap is definitely going to close because now you're right. Like you're saying, consistency wise, year two with Tony, year two with Alex Atkins. Even though I do think year two for Alex Atkins will be his last year here because I think, quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if Northwestern moves on from your boy Patty Fitz and uh, Alex being the Illinois boy that he is, kind of heads back over there. But overall, to me, I think mm. you're right about that. We I don't think. Because to me, the peak for Jordan already was <laughs> astronomically high. So I don't think you're going to see much more proof for that. But just like you're saying, his good games will now be great games. We're going to have elite games and great games only. And not only is he elite, but our talent sponsor for today's episode is, is elite as well. And as our friends over at FanDuel, folks, the midway point to the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 
That bonus bet's back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel and a physical sports betting partner of the NBA. And we're back. We're rocking and rolling here. And thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every single day. As always, we have Max here. It's always a great time to have Bull back in here. We talked QBs. We talked about depth. So let's go a little more with the depth. Which, I guess, which position group are you most excited to see actually over the course of your practice? Is it the boys up front, the offensive line? Is it the defensive backs? Or is this a, a position group that we haven't talked about that much yet? It's your defensive line, man. Look, I – I love the DBs on this team. I really do. I think, uh, in fact, I can share this anecdote. So uh, the, they were filming a commercial for that's uh, on Twitter, but Tony buys houses. And I was there and I was taking a picture of a few of the guys. It was uh, Jarian Jones, Renardo Green, and uh, I think Fabian Lovett and Josh Farmer. And um, when I went to take the picture, I jokingly was like, hey, guys, you know, say say playoffs. And literally Jarian like cut me off. He's like, no, hey, he's like, no, no, say championships. Like, and he was serious. He's like, and then they all spent like 10 minutes ripping on, you know, just talking about how like, you know, it's, it's not about just getting there, right? It's about winning. And um, the mentality coming out of that room is great, but the D-linemen that were there had it too. And I'm looking at the depth on this D-line, right? It was a position group that I think you were worried about going into the offseason because we thought Fabian Lovett was going to the NFL. We thought Jared Verse was going to the NFL. And we're looking around going, okay, we got we got a great young guy in Patrick Payton, but who's going to sure up the other side? Um we got some unproven talent there that, that we know is good, and we were really worried about interior depth. Well, this staff was able to retain Fabian Lovett and Jared Verse. The staff also went and got Daryl Jackson, a local guy uh, from Miami, right? Got him to transfer up. And, dude, there's people, like people with legitimate opinions that think Daryl Jackson could be a one-and-done here and go to the league next year. I mean, he is ultra-talented. Then you got Josh Farmer, right, who's a massive specimen who is, get, again, been here, I think, three years. So he knows the system. He's worked with Odell. He can back people up. You got Pat Payton, as I mentioned. You also have Dennis Briggs. You also have Derek McClendon. I mean, you have a lot of guys who have done this for a while who really haven't even gotten to show you who they are. And fortunately this year, you don't need them to, right? Because this was going to be a year of let's see if everyone can step up to the plate. This can now be a year where you just have a good, solid, deep rotation at the defensive end position with a solid middle to fill it in. And, dude, that, that gets me fired up thinking about it. I mean, the D-line is, yeah, this D-line could really be something else. And when you want to see what that looks like on the field, well, this was a bend but don't break defense last year. But when you have a true two deep on the defensive line and you can constantly be subbing guys out, not really making them ever face more than three or four plays in a row, that's how you get that don't bend and don't break kind of defense when you have those maulers in front, just staying fresh, rep mm-hmm. after rep after rep. And I think you'll also, you'll see kind of a huge, huge, huge step from players like a Bishop Thomas and Daniel Lyons. Like those are players that were, I guess, freshmen for heading into this year. And they actually did, I think, get about like 60 to 80 snaps towards last season. But you also bring in players like a Braden Fisk from Western Michigan and Daryl oh, Jackson. I completely forgot to mention Braden Fisk. Yeah, uh, another say, great say, pickup. Yeah, him and Daryl Jackson. And Daryl Jackson will not be asked to cover the lower still field on a wheel route. That's why the defensive coordinator from Miami is now Alabama, which – I don't know what Saban's doing. Remember that Kevin Steele hasn't coordinated great defense since 2011. But it's that's the reformatory school. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the, what was the uh, Nick Saban reformatory school for head coaches that want to learn how to head coach good and do stuff good too? Yep. <laughs> but the defensive line, though, like you're rotationally wise, 
it is great to see all that depth because it, do, it does keep everybody fresh, but also, which is probably worth tantalizing for players like a Jared Verse and Fabian Lovett, is since they're going to be off the field uh, a little bit less, they're able to maximize their reps and also stay fully healthy, which was a concern for both of them for the last season. So a defensive line I do see is someone to watch out for. And I'm with the offensive line too as well. You see Demetri Emanuel potentially is, actually could be officially back along the offensive line. Please, please. Bless Harris, see him back from his injury. Then you bring in a Casey Rada, Keandre Jones, as well as Jeremiah Byers. Those are all players. Just the trenches right now. I mean, Jimbo always said it's won and done by the trenches. And right now, we have a bunch of trench monsters right now on this roster. We do, man. Uh, th- this is really a year where I think – let me back up. I think last year you saw it. I mean, we talked about last year was the first time in a while it felt like all seven or nine – all nine or set, depending on how you play it – We'll say nine guys along the line of scrimmage, right? Five offensive linemen and four defensive linemen. Just all of your starters at that position looked like power five, D1, dare I say potential conference championship level body types, right? And this year, I think that's even more elevated. So yeah, I I think your trenches are going to look good, but I'm excited to see what the DBs do. I mean, I want to see how Sertain coaches them up. Uh, I want to see the improvement that they take because yeah, you, you lost Jamie Robinson, which isn't fun, but you got a room full of a lot of dudes who have played a lot of football, and you just added one of the best cornerbacks in the country in Fintrell Cypress to that room. So, hey, look, I I think that's going to be a heck of a room, and I think if they really make a jump, I mean, I'm not saying they will, but let's just let's just game plan this out, right? Fintrell coming in, let's say that's akin to a Jared Verse coming in last year. Like, if your defensive back room makes the jump from last year to this next year that your defensive line made from 2021 to 2022. I mean, this defense is, is going to be a top 15 defense in the country. Right. And and that's something we haven't been able to say in a while. So uh, hey, some might say it's a top 10 defense for advanced metrics. It could be Connolly. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, it'll be, you know, in, in pretty much every category, I think this will be a defense that, um, really impresses folks next year. Uh, if the DB room makes the jump, I think they're going to make. I completely agree with that. I love the addition of Fentrell Cypress from UVA. You said Deuce. number one in the country. Deuce, I mean, Deuce Cypress, that player that I, I, I was, I wanted either him or Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse. Deuce Chestnut obviously won over to LSU. So, quite frankly, that's going to be an interesting game to watch actually when we do go to Orlando. But before we go, Max, we take, take a word from our sponsors and then we'll send everybody out of here for, rest, for the rest of their day. Let's do it. All right, Max. Typically, this is where I say we're at the end of the road. I hand the ball off to Dave, but this time I'm going to pitch the ball off over to you. How do you want to take us home, my guy? Uh, it's turbo time, man. You're on the clock. You well, when you say take us home, like, do we like? Is that a full segment, or are we like leaving that's, right now? That's a full segment, my guy. Oh, okay. I dude, I don't know. You, you yeah, always. Yeah. I feel like when I listen, it always sets me up. You're like, oh, we've reached the end. I'm like, okay, time to turn it off, and then you're like, no, no, we're gonna. I'm yeah. like, oh shit. Um, I, I, yeah, no, that was my fault. I usually say take us home when we're at the end. I'll, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm trying to find it one because they have stick to landing for 247. Kansas got one. It's like, okay, we're about to land this thing. I'm like, damn it, that's really good too. So I'll go over that. Man, you just got to be like, all right, we're locking in for our final segment. You know, it's time to, I don't know, you'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm, I've been testing stuff. Um, let's yeah. see. All right, Max. We're heading towards the end of our journey. Typically, this is where I hand the ball today, but I'm going to pitch the ball to you. Max, where do you want to go before we wrap up today's show? So I want to, I kind of want to talk a little more macro. You know, I think that uh, the conversation was put to rest for a while, but we just saw that 
it looks like Oklahoma and Texas are getting out of the Big Ten or Big whatever they're in the Big Twelve uh, a year early. Um, there's a lot of speculation of who the next court, uh, commissioner of the Big Ten will be, um, as I believe uh, their commissioner now is headed to shoot the Chicago Bears, right? Yes, he is. is I think right? he'll be the president and the executive VP actually of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and look, we're seeing um, we're seeing UCLA and USC. I think what have one more year, and they're off to the Big Ten and. Um, and that also comes off of the heels, I think, what apparently the Pac-12's TV deal, I think, is not come to fruition the way they hope to be. But we'll add a good clarification on that. Well, that's going to be interesting because I believe that they've said they're negotiating with a streaming partner. And um, I, I'm really interested to see how a streaming partner gets into it. Because, folks, this is going to be Max's nerd moment. But here, you know, people think streaming, oh, Amazon is showing football. What's in it for Amazon? Well, first of all, live ads are in it for Amazon, right? Right now... Amazon doesn't really have a platform to send live ads out there, right? If they know they're going to get you from 8 p.m. to 12 p.m. to 12 a.m., they can then sell that to live advertisers, right? Secondly, they have the quick stream ability, right? So now they can sell it to live advertisers and say, oh, by the way, people can replay this quickly whenever they want. No more setting the DVR kind of thing. Um, And finally, what's in it for the consumer that I'm most interested in, I think, is the option to toggle things, right, that currently a typical broadcaster needs multiple channels to do. What do I mean by that? Well, let's think about it. You watch Monday Night Football right now. What You have two options. You can either listen to Chris Collins, Chris Collinsworth, and Tony Romo, or you can go watch the Manning cast on the other channel. Jim, I, thought, I think it's Mike Tirico, but I get Who cares? Irrelevant. Hey, 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 I like Mike Tirico. Fair. The, the point stands, right? So what I'm excited to see is, does a streaming partner get into this space? And then are they able to use like over the uh, OTT streaming to go, okay, not only do you pick what game you're watching, right? Can you toggle multiple commentators, you know, quickly, right? Can you look at multiple field displays? You look at the, uh, what, what MTV, um, what they did with the Nickelodeon games, right? Can you quickly toggle? Oh, the kids are here. Let's put the cool visuals on screen. So they'll let me watch my football. So I'm very interested to see how that deal works out. Um, I'm also really interested to see what happens with realignment because, folks, it's not gone. I mean, I think it's no secret it's it's going to happen more. Um, and, and I think that Florida State is now in a position where we are getting good enough that we won't be denied in the future, right? Like you can't do one of these deals without Florida State. And, again, that's really exciting. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts. I know you're, you know, you talk to a lot of folks on the Lockdown Network. What What's kind of – What's kind of floating around the the metaverse, if you will, when when people talk about the future of all this craziness? I mean, I think a lot of people are still trying to understand it in a sort of a way. I mean, they call it the wild, wild west is the way it is and honestly, college football, though, in my personal opinion, has always kind of been that for the past, I want to say, 25 to 30 years. You see it with NIL doing that as well. Also, the first realignment from like even a decade ago, you can kind of say that. And then I think with Florida State, I think just specifically for us, I do think that basically how the record has changed with Mike Novak leading us to our first 10 which he's in so many years. And that's, it does not, I think we're already were a brand name to begin with, but also something that's, it does help a little bit for us. Like, okay, we're not a dying or a dead program where you look over towards maybe a Nebraska one that actually left over from the big 12 to the big 10. Or also you can make the argument to seeing if Miami doesn't turn things around, are they officially dead, dead and buried? And then to me, I think it also was telling was that the ACC only released schedules for total 2026. And that's something that's like a targeted date for my personal opinion uh, that we will probably see these kind of talks, I guess, hasten forward. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to hear, like, oh, we'll be the, we'll be in a different conference, whether it be the SEC or the Big Ten by 2026. But I definitely do think that you'll have the answer for Florida State actually probably around that time because you see 
donations are coming in. Michael Offred's really damn good at his job. And then overall, to me, it's just that's the streaming services, the TV deals. That's basically what's going to be the next big thing because that's something we talked about a lot of time in my sports law class when it comes to OTT streaming. The big thing back in the 80s was the NBC deal that actually was pushed through for Notre Dame. And then now we see uh, Texas Texas and Oklahoma leaving leaving the SEC. I think one of the bigger reasons for that was that you know, the UT, the Texas Longhorn, what's called Longhorn Network. I think that's yeah. something that basically if you cast out for that, that just so happens to cover your exit fees for the Big 12. So that just to me, it's a lot, but I do definitely do think that it, we're seeing an ever-changing, um, I guess, landscape for college football. And then not only that, I don't know if you saw from the other day, we're for the federal courts, for actually we're just, you know, discussing and arguing about Johnson versus NCAA. And that's where basically one judge was like, hey, by the way, NCAA, why – so have you not classified these these kids, these student athletes, as employees yet? Because from everything I've seen right here from you know the opposing side, that's how it is. So I think that's actually another thing actually we need to be talking about very very soon. Yeah, there's there's look, there's going to be a lot of changes, but you know, I, there's two things I balk at. Number one, this is such a weird ticky tacky point, but folks, if you're going to have a conversation about TV deals and advertisers, don't talk about markets. I just you won't be taken seriously. N- no one cares about your market anymore. Like. Having the LA market was a sell to a degree, but that's only because the way a lot of those deals worked, and I think the Big Ten somehow might still work this way, is like number of cable boxes went to revenue, but that's going to change, right? Yeah. You can now watch anything anywhere. You use YouTube TV, you use Sling, you use uh, you know, any of these ones that aren't paying me. You can stream these games, right? So you're not really going to see what's your market. You're going to see how many eyeballs do you bring, right? They're, you're going to look at what is the average viewership of an ACC game versus the average viewership of a Florida State game? And what that delta is, is going to inform advertisers how valuable of a property Florida State is. I think another number that'll do that is you're going to look at out-of-conference games, right? Say, okay, what's the average viewership for each of these conferences? Okay, when these two teams play, what's kind of the delta there? And how can we kind of allocate that to each team to figure out who the popularity was for? Folks, the world of big data is mind-blowing, and and it's not going to be based on, okay, your team's located in a big market, because otherwise, Rutgers and Boston College would be the most valuable sports properties in the country, and they're not even close. So, Well, at least Rutgers has James Gandolfini as an alumni. That's a great point. Did he go there? Did he really? No, he actually did. I, he, I think he actually did go there, and I know oh. he's the biggest Rutgers fan, but I, I, I got to confirm if he went there. I know Jackie Jr. did a stint at Rutgers. Didn't work out for him, but... Oh, um, I but yeah, started that for the first time, so I'll actually decided to finish that. Oh, up. you'll you'll enjoy it. Uh, you're in for a treat. Um, and, and then secondly is this idea. I completely fucking lost my train of thought. There were two things. Number one, don't talk about markets. Oh, and secondly, kind of going along with not talking about markets is I think people are so quick to think about advertisers and ad revenue as the only source. Well, again, maybe as maybe cable companies, right, or, or broadcast TV channels. They really have one thing to offer you, right? They, they can offer you eyes that are viewing that at that time, maybe some DVR in there. However, the streaming services have something completely different, right? They're able to leverage content across multiple avenues and they're able to gather data while you're watching the stream to then sell to advertisers downstream for completely unrelated things to football that a broadcast company just really can't do. So, um, I think it's going to be a very interesting shift over the next 10 years. And I think that when you think about, you know, the ACC's grant of rights and all that until 2036, um, 
I just think you're going to be in a, a massively different place in 2036 than you are now relative to A, the dollar amounts that are going to teams, and B, how these deals are valued and how they're negotiated. And I hope and I believe Florida State's in a really, really good position right now to maximize their value and to capitalize on what this new generation of deals will look like. But we'll see. Can, no, Max, you're completely right. There's a great men and women that are supporting Florida State each and every single day. And we're thankful for each and every single one of you supporting us and making us a person each and every single day. But Max, before we go, I do want to give one a shout out to our number one fan, the first person actually listened to us, and also your mother. I know her birthday was a few days ago. I want to say Thank you. happy birthday, Maggie. You're looking great. So looking 21 out of her always. And two, please let the folks know where they can follow you, follow your work, and also what you have on the horizon, how to support you and Val's end. Yeah, well, she's only 29, so I'd hope she doesn't look much older than 21. But, uh, but yeah, thanks, Mom. We, we love you. Happy birthday. Hope it love you, Mom. Was, I mean, I talked to you. I know it was a great one. But, uh, but yeah, folks, make sure you follow the Battles End on the social channels, right? We've got the YouTube. We've got the Twitter. Uh, I'm not really that important of a follow. Um, but, you know, again, with my limited involvement and the little bit I get to help with, like, I'll defer to Ingram on, on all this stuff, but when the Battles End launches, it's going to be huge. Uh, it's it's going to be really exciting, and it's just a way to grow the Fuller State family that, frankly, hasn't happened up to this point, and I just I, I couldn't be more excited to watch it, not because it does anything for me, but because of what it will do for the Fuller State family and what it's going to do for the entire athletic apparatus around Fuller State University and uh I guess with that, we can leave the folks with this was locked on Seminoles and it's turbo time. <laughs> For Max, this is great. <laughs> Please take care, everybody, and save me from this man.